0: Tuesday, everybody, and welcome to the David Glenn Show. Hope you had a fantastic, extended, wild, and wacky weekend in the world of sports. I am back, and hopefully better than ever. Thanks to Mike Maniscalco for filling this chair yesterday. I say say hello to my producer, Darren Vaught. I haven't seen him in days. We have a lot of football to discuss, college and pro. I missed best and worst of the weekend. Hope y'all had fun with our good friend Mike Maniscalco. The Carolina Hurricanes opened their season in two days. We'll be there at PNC Arena live with the David Glenn Show on Thursday afternoon. Of course, the Canadians are in town for that opening night matchup that evening. Rod Brindamore, the beloved head coach of the Hurricanes, will join us live today in hour number three, Tom Dundon the new guy as the owner of the Carolina Hurricanes, not as new anymore, but he was part of that success story of a year ago as the bunch of jerks rode the storm surge all the way to the final four of hockey, if you will, breaking a long playoff drought and becoming one of the more popular NHL stories of a year ago. Rod Brindamore today, Tom Dundon Thursday. We have tickets to give away. Meanwhile... The Carolina Panthers, without Cam Newton, won again. I would say they were times they won despite young quarterback Kyle Allen rather than because of him. But Ron Rivera has that defense going and the Panthers took out Deshaun Watson and the Texans. It was a much bigger challenge than beating the Cardinals in Arizona. And the Panthers were up to the task. Listen to this. They are now two and two. They are only a game behind the New Orleans Saints who, remember, don't have Drew Brees for a little while longer. They host Jacksonville, winnable game this weekend. They take on the Buccaneers in a little revenge match in London and then they have an open week could they be four and two going into that open week three and three maybe two and four we'll see most of these games can go either way as the Panthers have proven through four weeks Kyle Allen is three and oh as a starting quarterback in the NFL and whereas it wasn't always pretty at Houston he has that record that, believe it or not, in the 53-year Super Bowl era, there are only two other NFL quarterbacks who in their first three games were on the road all three times and won all three times. I am not kidding. little fun fact for the day just right out of the gate. Jeff Hostetler, Patrick Mahomes, and, yes, Kyle Allen are the only three quarterbacks – In 53 years to go three for three all on the road in their first three career NFL starts for Allen. Remember, it was New Orleans late last year on the road, then Arizona and Houston these last two weeks on the road. Pretty good company. We'll see where 23-year-old Kyle Allen goes from here. Still some turnover problems, but a lot to celebrate on offense in the form of Christian McCaffrey and maybe a few others. And on defense, it was the Ron Rivera show. His new way, the 3-4, 4-3, morph it and try to confuse opposing quarterbacks. Deshaun Watson was sacked a bunch, in part because he didn't understand what he was seeing when he dropped back to pass, in part because that Panthers pass rush has gone from 27th in the league in sacks last year, one of the true red flags of the Ron Rivera era lately. From 27th or near the bottom of the NFL, guess who's tied for first in sacks in the National Football League this year with the mighty New England Patriots? Yes, indeed, it would be your Carolina Panthers as they have a manageable October schedule and their playoff dreams are reinvigorated. We have a lot to discuss from the college football weekend. I was not here again yesterday to hear your thoughts about Whatever, I have a feeling, and I'll say this, I understand and respect why everyone has been debating the going-for-two aspect of North Carolina's 21-20 loss to the Clemson Tigers in Chapel Hill on Saturday. I actually believe that is the third most interesting thing to discuss at best, from that game. Now, I know why you do it. I truly do. I have my own perspective on Mac Brown's decision, whether it was right, whether it was wrong. And, of course, at this stage of Mac's career, as he made clear earlier this week in his press conference, he doesn't give a rat's behind what you think about his decision, what I think about his decision, or anybody else. What do they say in billionaire world, Darren? Have you ever met the guy or person who says, I finally have bleep you money? and it feels good. <laughs> Mac Brown has a bleep you resume, and if you want to take shots at him as someone who's already in the Hall of Fame and already has a national championship and is too old to care what you think as you're second-guessing his two-point conversion or PAT decision as it's 21-20 Clemson, and as remember the Tar Heels in that moment, in the history of their program, they have never beaten the number one AP team. They had a chance to do that. I'll give them a lot of credit. I picked Clemson to win, duh, as most people did. But I'll be flat-out candid with you and tell you I was wrong, period, about what the Tar Heels would give the Tigers. I told you UVA would lose to Notre Dame. I told you Wake would get to 5-0 by beating Boston College. I told you State was probably going to lose at Florida State. I got the result right as Clemson visited Carolina. But just to be honest about it, I didn't get it at all in terms of the way that game unfolded. So credit to the Tar Heels, even as they came away with only that mythical moral victory rather than the one that counts in the standings. For the record, I understood what Mac did and why he did it. I'm not going to hammer him for that decision. In the same shoes, I would have done the same. Might not have called the same play as has been discussed, I'm sure, in my absence and otherwise but I'm on board for his call. I think you can defend it in a lot of ways. I don't think you're crazy if you disagreed. I think it's one of those gray area calls worth debating. Certainly we'll welcome your thoughts and I'll offer mine during the course of today's program. There is a more important takeaway to me regarding both the Clemson Tigers, question of the day for college football fans. Are those Tigers one of the four best teams in college football? Because some are saying no, and the Tigers have slid just one rung down the standings, or the rankings, I should say, as those came out after the weekend that was. Is Clemson one of the four best football teams at the college level? I'll give you my answer to that question as we welcome yours shortly at one 800 849 2761 Tony Barnhart, Mr. College Football, joins us from ESPN and the SEC network in less than 30 minutes. Jordan Rodrigue, Carolina Panthers, and NFL writer for the Athletic Carolina, a website to which I also am a contributor. Jordan drops by in hour number two. Rod Brindamore, as I mentioned, hit the Carolina Hurricanes second year head coach and former captain and Stanley Cup champion. Rod Drops by live in our number two again. The owner of the Canes, Tom Dundon, will join us live as a part of Thursday's program. Elsewhere, we've got a lot going on, even beyond college and pro football in the National Hockey League. The state of California signed into law yesterday the Fair Pay to Play Act. You may have seen a media event where LeBron James and former UCLA star Ed O'Bannon were there with the California Governor celebrating this achievement, if you will. So it is a law now in California. There are some details that matter a lot. It is not a law, not a law, that requests that universities pay their athletes directly, but it is a direct attack on the NCAA's longstanding amateurism model. What does it mean? What does it not mean, this new law, for the future of the NCAA and college sports as we know them? If I don't give the best, most thorough, most accurate answer to those questions on today's show, I will resign because I am perhaps as qualified as any sports radio host in the country to give you the correct answers to those questions. I will disappoint myself if I cannot live up to that description, and I don't want to disappoint you now that I am back and hopefully better than ever. As we welcome your calls on the Clemson question of the day. I'll also give you my two cents on the bigger tar heel takeaway. Again, I understand and respect why the debate is about going for two. There's there are much bigger conclusions to draw about what's going on at UNC, even as they fall to two and three, and even as, you know, 14 teams in the Power Five leagues are undefeated right now, Wake Forest and Clemson among them, Boise, SMU, Memphis, and App State, also still undefeated from the FBS ranks. Special thanks to the athletic director, Doug Gillen, the superstar from the media relations department, Brett Strelo, and all of the others at App who helped host the big tailgate tour stop in Boone this weekend. It was a lot of fun. The Mountaineers remained undefeated by, Olymp- by uh just putting up a 50-burger on Coastal Carolina. The big tailgate tour remained undefeated. Our host schools have not yet lost this season. Congrats to Tom and Megan Lawson, Jimmy Barnes, Jay Bauckham, their fraternity brothers and friends. We kind of combined five tailgates into one as we celebrated some of the nicest people that we have met in all of these years of the Big Tailgate Tour, driven by Continental Tire. Thanks again to those guys and all of those who visited the Continental Tire Toss there by The Rock as Kid Brewer Stadium's neighborhood is, let's just say, under construction in a lot of different ways. So it was a different trip to Boone and yet a wonderful trip to Boone with the Mountaineers winning and a lot of others along with those tailgate of the week honorees. 1-800-849-2761. More of my takeaways on the Panthers' win and the other biggest headlines of the NFL weekend. College basketball is back, and one of the top teams in our state has suspended one of its best players, Major League Baseball's playoffs are here. Wild card games tonight and tomorrow. The NL version of that tonight with the Brewers visiting the Nationals. Unfortunately, no Christian Yelich because of his injury, but still baseball worth watching as we celebrate football now that the calendar has turned to October. But we also have the return of college hoops, the return of the Carolina Hurricanes and the NHL, shortly the return of the NBA which I believe still includes the Charlotte Hornets here in our backyard. Your phone calls are welcome on those things and more. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. Is the future of college sports amateurism model in jeopardy because of the law signed in California yesterday. I'll answer that question, come to your calls. Is Clemson one of the four best teams in college football? My answer and yours after their close call against the Tar Heels. And a far bigger takeaway as I see it than do or don't two-point conversion about the future of Carolina football. Darren, did you see that ECU's interim chancellor was placed on leave after photos and videos of him at a bar surfaced, quick career reminder, I never want a job where if videos come out of me partying at a bar, I could get fired. I, if, that, if the job description is so highfalutin that that could get me in trouble... I pass. (laughs) For the record, 1-800-849-2761. We're going to celebrate sports today. We invite you to be a part of it. Three great guests, Tony Barnhart on college football, Jordan Rodriguez on the NFL, Rod Brindamore, head coach of the Carolina Hurricanes. We'll get into a little bit of a lot of other things. A furniture salesman is offering full refunds to many of his customers if and only if a certain team wins the World Series. The same dude lost $9 million worth of refunds a few years ago when he incorrectly picked the Super Bowl winner. 1-800-849-2761. More on that crazy story, and your phone calls are welcome. 1-800-849-2761 on The David Glenn Show. Jerome Robinson, are you a hugger or a handshake guy? How does it work if Adam Silver is waiting for you? I really don't know. I I hope it's not awkward. (laughs) Uh, You know, I hope it's not like a hand to hug to hand (laughs) kind of thing. But I don't know. I might just mess around and just hug him, no hands. I think he's a hugger. Uh, You're listening to The David Glenn Show. to the David Glenn Show. We do have a college football question of the day. We are giving away free tickets to the Carolina Hurricanes, both the home opener Thursday night, that's the opener, and then also Sunday we have pairs of tickets and a parking pass for each of those pairs as the Canes will host the Lightning those tickets available a little bit later. Rod Brindamore joins us live, the head coach of the Canes' third hour. College football question of the day as we look forward to Tony Barnhart dropping by from ESPN later this hour. Is Clemson, after squeaking by the Tar Heels in Chapel Hill, really one of the four best college football teams? That is the number, remember, that must squeeze into the modern-day format we call the college football playoff. A lot of folks are beating up on the Tigers right now because they barely beat the Tar Heels. They have slid from number one to number two. We all know the rankings are really just for conversation now, but eventually your resume details will matter including for Clemson, assumedly, as the best team in the ACC by that point, again, later this season, 1-800-849-2761. Quickly, I think a lot of people are beating up the Tigers a little bit more than they should, and this is the reason why. Even if you're a believer in Ohio State, and I respect that, the best team the Buckeyes have beaten, and they're crushing people, to be clear, the best team that the Buckeyes have beaten is not as good or any better than the best teams Clemson has beaten. Clemson took out Texas A&M, which is a top 25 team. The Oklahoma Sooners, the Ohio State Buckeyes, and the Alabama Crimson Tide, none of those three who are also in that upper echelon has a win any better than Clemson beating Texas A&M by double digits. So be careful about how far you push the narrative that the Tigers just aren't all that good because if Ohio State's best win right now is over Cincinnati or Nebraska, they got nothing on the Tigers other than, again, the style points. They're crushing people, and the Tigers won by a couple touchdowns against A&M. They won by only a point against the Tar Heels. I understand down the road style points can matter, If you're splicing and dicing one-loss resumes, of course, what matters most? If you lost, to whom did you lose in those one-loss resume comparisons? And if you haven't lost, how many good wins do you have? That's the starting point. And what's the quality of that opponent and how badly did you beat them? All that matters. But in terms of the quality of opponent, Ohio State's best win is either Cincinnati or Nebraska. In terms of the quality of your opponent, neither Oklahoma nor Alabama has a massive bragging rights to hold over the Clemson Tigers. What are Alabama's best wins? Duke down in Atlanta and then out at South Carolina? I mean, are are those better wins than beating Texas A&M by double digits or going to play a Tar Heel team that's been very competitive all year in Chapel Hill and coming away with a win? Similarly, Oklahoma's best win? I mean, maybe at UCLA, I guess. They're crushing people again, but none of those three has a better win than the Tigers' best win. And at some point, that detail has to matter, so let's not overreact too much. My answer to the question of the day is absolutely positively Clemson is one of the four best football teams at the college level. They have clearly one of the best defenses in America. Anybody who doesn't see that is not paying attention. They have that better win than many of their competitors at that level. They have elite talent all over the field offensively and defensively. There's nothing wrong with what they've been doing on defense. In fact, Clemson's better than I would have expected, given that all four starting defensive linemen have since moved on to the National Football League as high draft picks. They need to get better offensively. The line especially, lots of errors and false starts and miscues and pressure on Trevor Lawrence – etc. They need to get better on that side of the ball if Dabo Sweeney is going to make a run at a third national championship just in the last four years. But overall, is Clemson still one of the best teams in America? Absolutely, positively, no doubt about it. 1-800-849-2761. Meanwhile, I mentioned that I understand and respect why everyone has been Debating the going for two aspect of UNC's 21 to 20 loss at our two number one Clemson could have been a first in program history, never beaten an AP number one in the sport of football. They were that close to me, the bigger takeaway than what I understand is a fair debate. And whereas I agree with Mac Brown's decision on going for two for a variety of reasons. I frankly don't think you're crazy or uneducated or out of your mind or whatever if you have the opposite point of view. It's a close call. Why would I have done it Max way, even that turn, though that turned out to be the wrong way? What gives you the better chance to win? As you're talking into those headsets with your assistant coaches in the heat of that moment, you have to, what is the bottom line question you must answer? Do I have a better chance of beating the Clemson Tigers in perhaps an overtime, although again, as has been mentioned, the Tigers had a minute plus to try to either break a tie, if it was that, or to come back from down 22-21, if it had unfolded that way. We don't know it would have gone to overtime, but you have to ask yourself, which decision gives my team the better chance to win? And I agree with one thing that Max said, his comments, by the way, about the, California pay-for-play, new act, etc., about how the backup cornerback might not get as much money under this new system as the starting quarterback, guess what, Mac? We call that uni- the United States of America. We call that capitalism. We call that the free market system. Y- you cannot live in a world where you're opening things up to third-party money for your athletes, but then you're saying, oh, wait a minute, if we're going to give Zion Williamson this much money the third-string point guard for Coach K better get something similar. No, it doesn't work that way. In your world, my world, their world, Mac, Mac Brown, there's nobody. Is, is the head coach at Podunk State University, University, our mythical creation here at the David Glenn Show, is he being treated unfairly because Mac Brown makes several million dollars a year as the head coach of the Tar Heels? Come on, man. You know better than that. But I think Mac was right with his ch- desire to go for two, and here's why. Clemson's the better football team. And if you are playing against somebody who's better than you, there was a guy in my neighborhood growing up. name was Bobby Irons. The guy could leap like a gazelle, and we would beat each other to smithereens in one-on-one driveway basketball. If my life depended on it, and I was a middle school basketball player, and he was a starter, I was a backup, okay? My better chance of beating Bobby Irons one free throw from the charity stripe or 20 minutes worth of one-on-one as this dude could dunk at, like, the age of 13. And I'm, you know, a six-foot-even backup power forward, mostly diving for loose balls and hoping to grab a rebound from time to time. Of course, my better chance of beating Bobby Irons is going to be, yeah, I think I can make that free throw, and maybe he'll miss his, and I guess I have some kind of weird neighborhood bragging rights. But it was only a free throw, DJ. Yeah, but, but I beat Bobby Irons, you know? Oh, the big eyes I would get if I were able to say that, Darren. If it were 20 minutes worth versus Bobby Irons, one-on-one, referees or not, man, I'm in big freaking trouble. Now, the Tar Heels' chances would have been better than that, I give you. But if you know you're the lesser team, and Max specified that fairly, I believe. You don't want to hear that, maybe, if you're one of his players, but those players are usually smart enough to know Max right when he says that. Come on. You have a better chance the shorter the game is. That's just common logic. Again, I know the argument for the other side, but I would add this. Do you know of all the teams we follow, who plays their backups the least? The Tar Heels. Mac Brown inherited from Larry Fedora a group with a bunch of good starters, not an empty cupboard, but not a stacked cupboard because that would imply that other than a couple positions running back wide out where Mac was given depth. He doesn't have any depth. And that means your 60 to 70 plays that had taken of course, taken, uh, had been unfolding over the course of an afternoon in Chapel Hill, the Tigers were using two teams of dudes for those 60 to 70 plays. You were using some guys without a backup at all. So who has the freshness advantage if you end up extending the game longer, right? Advantage Clemson. Who has the better team? Advantage Clemson. The fresher team? Advantage Clemson. Who has more familiarity with high-pressure situations? By a lot. How about the veterans on a Clemson team that has won four straight ACC titles and two of the last three national titles? Yeah, I think they have an advantage of performing well under the spotlight, and your Tar Heels won a total of five games combined the last two seasons. Advantage Clemson, advantage Clemson, advantage Clemson. There is an argument to make for the other side. Trevor Lawrence, though, had more success. He wasn't great. But Trevor Lawrence had more success against the UNC defense than Sam Howell had against the Clemson defense, period. One more reason I would not have attempted to extend the game. Was it a close call? Yes. Are you crazy if you disagree with me? No. But those are the reasons why I would have agreed with Mac in the heat of that moment unless something we can't see from the outside was in play. How do you execute your best two-point plays in practice? Well, if that's the Keystone Cops every day in practice, clearly you're not going to go to that in the heat of the moment with the game on the line. There are other things we don't know from the outside, and Mac Brown's right when he's a little bit defiant toward the criticism when he makes that observation. You put it all together, I'd have done what he did. It didn't work out. The bigger takeaway to me is that, A, Carolina has found a quality head coach again. Hall of Famer, national champion, older, yes, but with some sizzle, no doubt about it. B, they have found their quarterback in the form of Sam Howell. Was he great against Clemson? No, but was he good enough to give him a chance against the number one team in the country? With a backdrop that what of the previous nine times the Tar Heels played number one in football, they got slaughtered six times. That's how it usually goes, not just for Carolina, but for most. They were down to the wire in the mix because Sam Howell, under distress, made enough plays behind a very young offensive line against one of the best defenses in America. Were his numbers good? No. But did he give him a chance to win? Yes. So you have a freshman quarterback, you have a Hall of Fame head coach, and you have found your defensive coordinator, Jay Bateman. That guy helped you beat South Carolina and a senior quarterback. Why? Watch the tape. The senior quarterback was repeatedly confused by what he saw when he dropped back to pass. Do you know one reason the Heels had a chance against Clemson? The preseason Heisman candidate quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, was often confused by what he saw when he dropped back to pass. That means you're unpredictable. That means you're maximizing good but not elite talent on that side of the ball. Now, it's going to be up to UNC, given that Jay Bateman is clearly what he did at Army and now what he's done for almost half a season at Carolina. A fundamental part, pick your favorite coach at any of your schools that you love or hate the most. When was Chuck Amato the best at NC State? When Philip Rivers was his quarterback. Duh, right? When did Dabo Sweeney start to rise as a Clemson coach? Well, when a guy named Chad Morris was his offensive coordinator, moving on to being a head coach. Coordinators matter. The identity of your head coach matters. Dave Doran rode Ryan Finley and Jacoby Brissett to five straight bowl games, right? you got to find your quarterback. Carolina football has found its head coach, has found its young quarterback, and has found an elite up-and-coming defensive coordinator that they're going to have to pay well to keep them there given that other people see these things. That in the bigger picture, along with people caring, Darren, you've been with me a long time. How often have you seen apathy surrounding UNC football? I mean, sometimes they just stop caring in that sport. They never stop caring in basketball. They're either screaming and yelling because something's good going on with Roy Williams Tar Heels, or they're screaming bloody murder because something bad is happening. In football, it can be apathetic, or it can be one of the best environments that we have in the state of North Carolina for a college football game. What was there for Miami, Mac asked him to be there early and be loud and care and stay late and be it, make a difference. Guess what? Tar Heels beat the Miami Hurricanes at Keenan Stadium. People care. The Tar Heels have a chance against virtually anybody, right? They have played five straight quality opponents essentially down to the wire. That was not the theme the last two years under Larry Fedora in Chapel Hill. The two-point debate is understandable, but that is a far more important takeaway for the future of Carolina football. Mac Brown's reboot recruiting message has more meat now. Come play for Jay Bateman. Come play in this fun offense. Come play for a Hall of Fame national championship coach. Come play at a place where they're filling the stadium again, right? Come catch passes from Sam Howell, who's only a freshman, and will be there at least two more years, right? They played the Clemson Tigers at number one in the nation, and it went down to a two-point conversion. Anybody saying there's no way Mac is back can possibly translate well, oh, he's too old, it'll never work this time. I know they're only two and three, but the details that I just described show that The recruiting message for Mac in his reboot has a lot more meat right now after five competitive games than it had when it was just a theory when Larry Fedora was fired and Mac Brown was hired out of the broadcast booth late last year. 1-800-849-2761. Tony Barnhart is Mr. College Football. He does great work for ESPN, among many others. We'll see if Clemson is still one of his four best teams in all of college football. Rod Brindamore of the Hurricanes in our third hour. Jordan Rodriguez on the Panthers and the NFL in our second hour. Your phone calls in between. Canes tickets later. Tony Barnhart is next on the David Glenn Show. Roy Williams, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Last
1: year, two chains came walking by, and he reached his hand down and uh, shook my hand and said, two chains, and about five seconds after he walked away, I said, I missed a great opportunity. I should have said three
0: rings. (laughs) Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Carolina Hurricanes head coach Rod Brendamore will join us live third hour. Opening night is Thursday. We're sending a bunch of you to there Thursday night and more of you to Sunday's home game against Tampa Bay. More on your chance to win free tickets today on the statewide David Glenn Show a little bit later. Jordan Rodriguez will drop by on all things NFL. And now one of our favorites on college football. His nickname is well-earned, Mr. College Football from ESPN and the SEC Network and Maven Sports and others. Tony Barnhart, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. DG, do you realize when this Saturday is completed, we will have gone six weeks. We're halfway through. Wow, man. Are you kidding me?
0: That actually (laughs) – I get excited to talk to Tony Barnhart, and you just made me sad. Like, that's just (laughs) not – I'm not ready to turn that page, but I am ready to ask you this question. As many of the favorites dominated this weekend, predictably, you know, Alabama – Event, you know, crushes Ole Miss, Ohio State crushes Nebraska, Oklahoma crushes Texas Tech, et cetera. We had a barn burner here in our backyard, Clemson 21 20 over UNC. A lot of the conversation is about Mac Brown's two point conversion thing, but I want to ask you a broader question. As you look at all these resumes, is Clemson in its 5 and 0 start? one of the four best college football teams as you see it, or do they deserve to slide down the rankings even more than number one to number two has happened in the polls?
1: Well, D.G., there are two ways to look at football teams when you're uh, analyzing them and determining where you should rank them. One is who have you played and who have you beat, okay? That's one way to do it. Another way to do it is to look at this team and go, you know what, I know what my eyes see and this team, is better than that team, so I'm going to vote for this team. Right. Uh, a lot of people do a little bit of both. One, the, the latter is what you call the eye test. In other words, uh, Clemson had played a really tough opponent, uh, Texas A&M is turning not not to be a tough, tough tough opponent, but you know instinctively as you look at the talent level, that is the team that is deserving to be in the top four. I'm not saying either one's right or either one's wrong. Based on the resume, if that the resume the body of work to date, Clemson is not a top four team because they haven't really beaten anybody, and they they easily could have gotten beat by North Carolina. But you know, Clemson has one of those games every year, so they're not. But I promise you, D.G. When if Clemson's undefeated on November 5th, when they release the first set of rankings from the college football playoff, Clemson will be either one, two, or three.
0: It gets tricky, right, because Alabama hasn't beaten a great opponent yet either. Neither has Ohio State. Neither has Oklahoma. So when you blend those two things together, as you just described, you could call out four of the top contenders, at least, for that same sort of uh, weakness Uh on their resume. Uh, As you look at just what you think they can be, coaching, health, NFL caliber talent, and, and whatever else... How does your tier system look now that we're uh, almost halfway through that regular season, as you said? How many are on Tony Barnhart's top tier?
1: Uh, Top tier is Alabama, Georgia, and maybe LSU. A tier down is Ohio State, Clemson, and Oklahoma. There's really only about six teams or seven teams that that are really going to be in this mix when it's all over, Ohio state is playing well. Now they've got some momentum going, keep their eye on there. But on that first line, I've got, I've got Georgia and Alabama and LSU.
0: And as you think forward, Of course, history tells us not to expect so many undefeated teams, right? We have 14 of them in the Power Five. We have four more elsewhere, including App State here in our backyard, elsewhere in the FBS ranks. But we usually, or I guess always to this point, end up splicing one-loss resumes as well. Are you a believer that even we get to that point, we're still going to be talking about the same seven or eight teams? Or could one lost Notre Dame beating Virginia get back into this picture? Could one lost Oregon, you know, bouncing back from that early defeat and, and now looking pretty good? Or somebody else with one defeat uh, get back into this picture between now and December?
1: Well, I saw Notre Dame in person and I was very impressed. I thought they played really well in Athens, given the atmosphere and all that. I just think it hurts Notre Dame. Not to have that thirteenth data point, and if, if you know Notre Dame gets in compared to who, uh, a twelve and one Oklahoma, right? No, no, but eleven and two, eleven and two Oklahoma, maybe, and that's where it, <clears throat> that's where it hurts Notre Dame not to have a conference championship game or a thirteenth game. Uh, regardless, uh, I, I don't see Oregon getting back into it because the Pac-12 is just not very good uh they're just not uh but but i, I think your national champion is going to come from those six schools i mean the ones that we'll find out if auburn deserves to be in the discussion this weekend but it's really georgia georgia and lsu and alabama and then you got the big 10 champion uh keep your eye on ohio state their game i'm the big 12 champion oklahoma uh and then Cle- Clemson. and i had this argument last night i spoke in tuscaloosa last night when they was they were do- they were dogging on Clemson. I said, "Look, if Clemson's thirteen and 0 they will be in the playoff. You can write it down right, right now. Right. If they're twelve and one, we're going to have to have a conversation and maybe a big argument. But thirteen and 0, they're in, no doubt."
0: That's a perfect summary. Tony Barnhart, we're used to him giving us those. Follow him on Twitter, at MrCFB. Find him at ESPN.com. Also, the SEC Network, Maven Sports, 680 The Fan and in Atlanta and otherwise. As we glance forward, not only to this week, but in the longer term, of course, we're going to see in some examples undefeated versus undefeated, right? It's number seven right. Auburn at five and zero against number ten Florida at five and zero. Uh, these aren't all undefeated, but you know Iowa is at Michigan this week, and they're both ranked in the the top twenty. There are some other examples, and then more later this season. When you think of you know a Gators team that we in ACC country remember kind of barely getting past Miami to start the season. Have they changed enough given that they're on their home field to maybe shock some people and, and knock Auburn out of that top higher conversation?
1: Oh, they can win this game, but a couple of things are going to have to happen. They're going to have to be able to run the ball a little bit better. Their offensive line is average at best, and that's an issue, particularly against a team like Auburn, who has the best defensive line in college football, period. And so that, that is going to be an issue. Kyle Trask has come off the bench and played well, but what happens if they just shut down the, they stone the running game, and he's got to throw it 35 times. But that's that's not the way he's built. So I'm expecting Auburn to win the game, but I also expect it to be a pretty tense atmosphere in swamp.
0: You have seen the college sports model tweaked many times in your decades covering college football. Uh, Earlier this week, we had a new law signed in California that Mm -hmm. is a direct challenge to the NCAA's amateurism model, and I believe it's later this month, now that we're in October, that that 19-person committee put together by Mark Emmert, the NCAA president, is going to come out with its recommendations after studying at least somewhat similar issues what is your educated guess on how this is going to play out? Because the law doesn't even take effect until 2023. So I think Correct. even California is kind of building in there. Hey, uh, this process is going to take a while to unfold.
1: It's pretty simple. NCAA, you're on the clock. Uh, you have got to come up with something. Doing nothing is not an option here. Okay, The argument that we're having is not whether or not players should be paid. Right. The argument we're having is that players should be free to go into the open marketplace to exercise capitalism and determine individually if their name, their image, or their likeness has any value in the open market. If it does, then the player should be free to trade on his image and not be restricted simply because he is a student athlete. That's what the California legislation says. You cannot deny these young people a chance to exercise in the free and open marketplace. The NCAA, of course, has their hair on fire, and the world is coming to an end. Well, it's not. They're going to have to come up with something, a plan, that will allow these guys access to the marketplace and somehow regulate it to the point where it's not uh, where it's not the wild, wild west, which it easily could be. That's the challenge for the NCAA. you got three years. Go to work.
0: Have you seen anything yet that looks like a workable model?
1: No, not really. I think I, I think you, you're probably going to end up having it. Whatever endorsement deal these guys are able to do, they will have to be registered and outlined specifically. But it's like anything else. There will be very creative people amongst our Yes. who will figure out a ways around the rules. That's, that is a tried and true tradition in college athletics is you establish the rules and then you figure out how do we get around the rules.
0: We're we're not going to end up going down the road where, you know, California has one set of rules where athletes can get stuff and a different state has, I mean, we're going to avoid that, right?
1: Yes. Uh, And what's, what's going to happen is the feds will eventually get involved because the feds just can't help themselves. It's just, (laughs) this is just too good a story. And people, you know, they may not read the folks may not read the farm bill, but they'll read this, yes. All right. and they'll 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 figure out what uh, what's going on in their in their favorite sport. But no, you, this is this would have to be something that would be adopted nationally because no, you got You if every state's got their own law, it's just crazy, crazy. And and again, I don't think we're talking about that much money. I really don't. Uh, you know, you know, would would uh, Jalen Hurts or Trevor Lawrence or uh, Jake Fromm or somebody like that. Have an opportunity to do some neat stuff. Right. Yeah, you you betcha. Come down to my car dealership, sign autographs for an hour, and take pictures with the fans. That creates traffic in my automobile dealership. I ought to be able to do that. Okay, as long as everybody knows what the deal is and everything's above board, he should be able to do that.
0: His name is Tony Barnhart. Find him everywhere: Maven Sports, ESPN, SEC Network, and on Twitter at Mr. C. FB, thanks for both depressing us and then energizing us right after that uh, with your expertise on college football.
1: All right, DG. Take it easy.
0: You too. On Twitter at Mr. CFB. Jordan Rodriguez on the Carolina Panthers and the NFL. I was not with you yesterday, so more of my thoughts on the Panthers' win over the Houston Texans, which was much more a credit to Ron Rivera's defense than to the young quarterback Kyle Allen. Your questions and comments for me now that I am back from the golf course as well. Jordan Rodriguez next hour. Rod Brindamore of the Canes third hour. Free Canes tickets still to come on the David Glenn Show. The head devil, David Cutcliffe. You guys have a unique ability to,
1: to just do it right. You know, all the fans are always going to defend their programs, and they should. Sometimes we all make somebody in another program mad or angry, but you guys are very fair to everybody.
0: The David Glenn Show. Is California's new law going to change college sports forever? What does it mean? What does it not mean? More of my answer to that question. Free Canes tickets this Thursday for the opener and this Sunday for the follow-up. And a furniture salesman is offering full refunds to many of his customers if and only with if a specific team wins the World Series. Baseball playoffs begin tonight. More on that, too, next. I believe it is the NBA's turn in the line dance, and I don't think they can dance. I don't think they can dance as well as DG dances, and I'm only a three or a four. The David Glenn Show, weekdays at noon.